What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and today we are going to do another curbside consult, completely nerding out on stimulus checks, PPP, EIDL. Just what the heck is going on? It's already complicated enough. Let's try to see what the next round is going to take us for. But before we jump in, remember, I want to answer your questions. Please email me, ryan at financialresidency.com. Or go and leave me a voicemail, which is preferred at financialresidency.com slash question so we can hear y'all beautiful voices instead of mine for the whole time. All right. So this question came from an anonymous person that emailed me and just said, Ryan, what the heck is up with PPP, our stimulus checks? I don't understand it and I don't have enough time to dig through it. All right. So this is why I'm doing these every single day, because if I had recorded this three days ago when I like batching things together, by the way, all of these that I do for all of you every single day are the night before. There's no editing. It's just me talking into this because everything is changing day by day. So Trump had a press briefing on April 21st. And once again, everything is changing. So are we going to get more money? I feel like this is a cruel joke. You know, as of today, 54% of the people that should have gotten some money haven't actually received it, which is terrible. Not everyone listening is going to apply to, but I think there's some med students and some residents that should have had some money coming to them and they haven't received it. Now, the Senate has now passed, essentially think of this as a bridge between stimulus number three and stimulus number four of the CARES Act. And so this is like a truly a bridge between the two. Senate has passed it. It's getting voted on the House tomorrow. And then we should be seeing this early next week coming out to helping small businesses and Americans with a lot of the stuff I'm about to talk about. So the first thing I'll talk about is the EIDL, which is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Emergency. And basically, this is just upfront forgivable grants from the SBA. And they just doubled the amount that was available. And so the one question I think that you're probably asking is like, well, how do I know if I have a small business? How do I know if I qualify? Well, this is all based on self-certification, right? You're self-attesting that you have a business, you have been affected by the pandemic, and it doesn't even need to be your primary business. If you've been affected, you can apply. Now, I want to give a big disclaimer. I don't know what is going on in your world of finance. I don't know you. And this is very much up to you to decide if you should go for EIDL, if you should go for PPP, if you should apply or not. But if you have a small business and you were affected, it could be like you drove Uber on the side and no longer can do that, whatever it is. I'm just throwing stuff out there. If you're even a small contractor with some side income, you can apply. That's right from the SBA site. If you have a business, you've been affected, whether it's yourself as an employee or yourself and your spouse, whatever, you can apply. And that's $1,000 per employee up to 10000 bucks. So think about even landlords, right? If you have a rental and you're doing Airbnb or you're just renting it out, that is technically a business. Yes, those can count too. Now, the PPP program or Paycheck Protection Program, the way that they were doing this, originally it was about $349 billion that went in less than two weeks. And the SBA came out and said, hey, we, we just funded over 14 years of what we would have funded in less than 14 days. So obviously they were quite busy. Now, the way that they calculated what you can actually go for and request in terms of a loan that would hopefully be forgivable was they were basically taking an average of your payroll over a certain period of time. For us, that was 2019 payroll. You times it by two and a half 
and that was the amount that you could apply for. Now, in order to get it forgiven, 75% of the money that you just requested as a loan would have to be used towards payroll expenses. So easy math, $10,000, what you applied for over the next eight weeks, you need to spend 7,500 of that in payroll. Could also be, you know, rent utilities, but 75% is the hurdle. And if you did, great, it's going to be forgiven. If not, it's basically at a stated interest rate of 4%. I don't believe there was payments due for about six months, maybe it was 12 months. And loan duration was 10 years. If you didn't actually get forgiveness, then it turned into a loan, probably just pay it right back. Now, for a small business, you had to certify that you had employees or 1099 contractors, but they didn't let you include 1099 contractors because they wanted the contractors themselves to apply, not the business that was employing them to imply. So now what just passed literally the Senate in this bridge piece, I'm putting in quotes, was $320 billion. They almost doubled this program. Also included in this bridge, which I think is important for all of you, is that $75 billion would go to help hospitals and $25 billion would go for COVID-19 testing. Now, everything I'm reading out there is when this extra $320 billion hits, this is going to be expected to last maybe two to seven days. Now, your bank can help you put this together. We bank at Chase and for our business account, and honestly, they weren't helpful at all. So I ended up going to cabbage.com, K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com, not paid by them. That's just who I found. And I filled everything out there. Now, of course, I didn't get anything. None of our clients got anything. Honestly, I now know a lot of small businesses and the owners. No one that I actually know in my network got anything, but you can go on with this extra $320 billion. Hopefully, they are going to start prioritizing actual small businesses. They're still accepting applications, so I would start there. Now, 84% of all the original funded $349 billion was funded by small banks and credit unions. So all of us talking about the big banks, and that's where we're all banking, we all kind of got hosed because the big banks... Chase was only 9% of that $349 billion. And then all the other ones, all the other large banks, you know, the ones that have received bailout money, they only combined for 7% of that $349 billion. That is an absolute joke. And I don't know about all of you, but this is infuriating that they help so little with the, the small businesses. And some of these huge public companies like Ruth Chris Steakhouse got $20 million. Shake Shack is turning this into a PR play. They got $10 million and they're going to quote unquote return it. Even Harvard, yes, Harvard, with a $42 billion endowment, received $9 million. And their student paper actually wrote about it, which is how everyone ended up figuring it out. When some of these small businesses didn't receive anything, now, lawsuits are already coming out against Wells Fargo. No surprise there. They're a terrible bank, uh, clearly. And they basically, the reason the lawsuits are coming out is they were selecting the highest balance requests and ignoring everyone else. Now, Chase, B of A, a bunch of other big banks are getting named for doing this, which is just completely unethical because it should have been done on a first come, first serve basis. And they were just selecting the biggest ones because that's where they earn their fees. Of course. All right, I'll get off that soapbox. So, out of everyone that applied, 1.66 million applicants for that, that money, the $349 billion, the average loan size was 206000 Come on, people, that is ridiculous. Now, less than 5% of all small businesses actually received a PPP loan approval. Now, you ask me, that's pretty ridiculous because 
And I just found the statistic that 99% of all U.S. businesses are small businesses, and that accounts for nearly half the nation's workforce. And less than 5% of them actually received a loan that was meant to help them. Something is absolutely wrong here. Even though banks were putting even more requirements on small businesses, so B of A, terrible, terrible thing. For instance, what they did is they not only require PPP borrowers to have both a checking, but also a credit account with them to apply. Some businesses are just actually not even letting other small businesses start up banking relationships with them because of this. So we know we're going to have multiple rounds of stimulus. They've literally said we've had round three, we're about to have round four, and this middle one that they're passing for almost half a trillion dollars is just the bridge. So that first round, you got the $1,200 and you need to file anything. So residents, you should have already received that money or med students. Attendings, you're already priced out of this in terms of income, you know, on your AGI. So you didn't get anything for that. You know, we're supposed to file our returns for 2019 as late as July now, which is fantastic. So you don't have to file for a while. Personally, I'm not filing. I want to see how this all plays out. But remember, you have to have a social security number to get a stimulus check. Now, if you didn't file your 19 return, you looked at your 18 returns and your address is incorrect, like you've moved since then, heads up, you probably want to go to usps.gov and change your address. Some of you are going to forget to do that if you're actually getting paper checks, which is kind of hilarious how they're actually going to be titled. So look out for that. But there's a full schedule of when you're actually going to receive your check. I'm not going to read it all off here. You can pretty much just Google it, but it's going to be based on your AGI and the ranges of AGI. Now, the next stimulus that's going to occur, like their 4.0, if you will, after this is going to be about $2 trillion, and it's going to be focused on jobs and infrastructure. Now, by jobs, your guess is as good as mine what the heck they're going to do there. But infrastructure, they've already told us, we're going to work on bridge, we're going to work on roads, we're going to update schools. We'll see if that actually occurs. And really, it's too early to tell what any of this actually means or what they're actually going to do. But I can tell you that Democrats are trying to add money and provisions to make elections safer. That's not just social distancing. They're talking about actually making it safer from Russia, which seems like an absolute no-brainer. But if they're going to dig their heels in, we could be waiting a long time for this $2 trillion. It even is $2 trillion. It's probably going to be even more by the time that they work through it. And the reason why I say that, and that's important, is because this is going to be where the next round of stimulus checks come from. And there's a whole bunch of different things that I will tell you in just a minute that could be included. So state and local government aid would likely be including this because honestly, state and local governments are running out of money from unemployment. They're not getting enough revenues coming in. They're paying out a ton in unemployment and they are basically going to need some federal aid. There's going to be some tax incentives and payroll tax cuts that are coming inside of that next, let's call it 4.0 bill. Now, they're trying to spark some economic growth with this bill. I don't know what that is exactly going to be in terms of jobs, and I think that's going to be really tough in the current situation. And they've already said that this next bill is going to be their last, and I think it's going to be the hardest. Congress wants to get more checks released to individuals. They're just not sure how to actually do it. And they're coming out saying like, look, we're going through this bridge between three and four. Treasury has got a massive issue in just getting this money out. And so they're trying to balance some expectation of what's happening with also getting money out to Americans. And it looks like they're trying to work through things, but they've told us like nothing new on the stimulus front will come from the Senate until it's back in full session on May 4th officially. 
But some of the things that they're proposing that we're seeing is that you've probably heard $2,000 per month per adult for the duration of the outbreak. I mean, who's actually going to decide that with the duration of the outbreak? I don't know. Seems crazy. And is there going to be an AGI hit? Are we going to get stuck, you know, as higher income earners, not getting anything again? Or will this actually truly include every adult over the age? I think they're actually going to say it's 16, but it could be probably 18. Right now, there's about six sponsors. This could literally change as I'm recording this, but there's currently six sponsors for this proposal. Now, the next one that has been gaining a lot of momentum is just to outright cancel rent or mortgages for, again, the duration of the outbreak. Who the heck decides that? Now, they had less sponsors, and now they're up to 12 sponsors, and more sponsors are jumping in on this one. That is going to be really interesting to see how they cap it, who actually is eligible, or if it truly is everyone. Now, the one that was leading the front for a while that had 14 sponsors was to put mortgages into forbearance and to just add it to the back of the loan automatically. And this is really causing the mortgage markets to freeze, cause some panic. And I think it's one of the reasons we haven't actually seen rates drop back to reality where they should be. Now, this, I have a feeling, will likely tank your credit because they're not going to think completely through this and they're going to allow the lenders to put a note on your file that says this is in forbearance uh, regardless of the reason why. And that will probably have a negative effect on your credit. One of the last ones that I want to mention is the Heroes Fund. And this is $25,000 pay increase or up to, not exactly 25, but up to that for essential workers. Now, this isn't just physicians. This is literally everyone that you can think of that is deemed, quote unquote, essential until December 31st of 2020. Now, this, if you were to think about a normal 40-hour work week, this is about $13, $14 per hour adjustment, which is laughable for physicians because you don't work 30 or 40 hours a week. And one of the things that is also included in this HEROES Fund is a recruitment bonus of up to $15,000 to get people back working for the employer and the employee, which is a really interesting way of looking at this. So 62 people in the House, most of them are Democrats, have literally come out and, and said, and I quote, now is not the time for timid solutions. So we know more money's coming. We don't know if we're actually going to get any of it, who's going to get it, how they're going to look at AGI, or if it's truly just if you have a social, this is what happens. So this is as much as I could cram in. I like doing these in like five to seven minutes. This is clearly double that. But I wanted to give you some update on what I know of PPP, stimulus checks, the EIDL, Lots of stuff coming. This will probably be outdated within a few days. But if you haven't had the time to sit, read, digest, watch all of what's going on, that's going to be a really good overview for you all. So hopefully you guys are doing okay. Stay safe and I will see you guys tomorrow. Cheers.